Good morning and welcome to the Be Connected Business Show. Once again, I'm very, very fortunate to be your host. My name is Mark Grant and I'm from a business called Costless Payment Solutions. I am your alternative to the banks for all things payment solutions. It's not about me. It's about my guest. On this episode, I've got Pat Gross, the community entrepreneur who happens to be one of our members of Be Connected World Networking here in Australia. Good morning, Pat, and welcome. Good morning, Mark. How are you this, today? Um, tickety-boo, as we'd say, tickety-boo. <laughs> as I would expect. Look, Pat, before we talk more about your business and you as a business person, as you would know, is that people need to know, like, and trust you before they'll do business with you. So with that in mind, could you tell us a bit more about what you enjoy doing away from work? Yeah, yeah, no, I um, I actually have um, four grown-up children and a number of grandchildren. I won't say how many, um, and um, I, therefore I actually enjoy spending my time with the with the younger generation, shall we say? I have no <laughs> trouble letting my hair down and being a child again. Um, during this weather, and we're coming right now, coming towards the end of the season. But I love to be in my pool. I am a water babe. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've, I've also got my uh, annual subscription lined up so I can transfer my pool antics to the local swimming pool. So I do my exercise in the pool with lots of people in the community. And, um, and when I'm not doing that, I'm out walking and gardening. Okay, so very sounds like you're as busy away from work as you are at work. It's therapeutic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That, that's, that's the most important thing anyway. So talking more about the community entrepreneur, what led you to the community entrepreneur of being self-employed? Okay, well, my business has got another name, but uh, originally... And one day I was actually driving um, to Mansfield and had one of those epiphany moments when I realised that at the time, the majority of the clients I was working with were not for profits, but they weren't just not for profits, they were winning awards. Now, I'm not saying it's about, it's about me or whatever, no. What I'm saying is I was attracted to working with the visionaries out there in the community. The ones who make things happen, the entrepreneurs, and like you know, like the normal business entrepreneur out there, they're they're visionaries. They sort of got their tunnel vision. They know what they want, but they leave a trail of destruction behind them. Uh, that's the way I put it, um, and that's why I um, we adopted the business name of the community entrepreneur, but in recognition of these people. And what we do is we work with those organisations and the people around them so that their ideas are backed up by the organisation. So if anything was to happen, they were to move on or for whatever purpose, the idea, the vision and the organisation could was sustainable and could keep going into the future. What there a great concept. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> As as you said, you, you work for not-for-profit. So what are three ways you are able to add value 
fractional for profit. Okay, well, first of all, um, I want to come back. Can I tell you a story? You can, of course you can. We love right. stories. <laughs> when I was back in the UK, um, I worked in a role that um, promoted funding out of the European Union. So we held professional development workshops. We worked across sectors. And one of those sectors in the UK is the voluntary sector. And I remember my boss one day saying, she said, you can't get a job in the voluntary sector unless you're in the voluntary sector. Uh -huh. And that intrigued me, and it really did intrigue me. So when I came to Australia, I found myself in a government role in funding, and my role was to build the capability of the organisations we funded, the cap capability, capacity. And um, so and part of what I, I did was I was actually trained to audit them so I became very, very close to understanding exactly what a not-for-profit does. And, and, I, and they're very, very social, whereas businesses are very economic-focused. You find a business coach may go into a not-for-profit, and I've seen them come out scratching, you know, sort of tearing their hair out, not quite being frustrated, because a not-for-profit works a different way because they've got more, more of a social out impact side of what they're doing. Um, decisions are made by groups of people, not by individuals. There are levels of delegation and all the rest of it, but to really understand how a not-for-profit works. So that's one of the things I can do. I can stand between a business environment and a not-for-profit environment and be able to stand between the two and be able to translate. And funnily enough, um, I went into uh, the business to put business skills into not-for-profits. Mm. What I found since COVID, um, the impact of COVID in 2020 to 22, was uh, coming out of that, businesses started to change the way they were thinking, more connection. And I realised, and I've started to put community development principles into businesses okay. so i've gone 180 degrees so i can do both ways well, well, good, yes. <laughs> so that's one thing the second is because i've worked in the uh, funding field for over 30 years on both sides of the fence here and in the uk um and also sort of really having a deep understanding of the policy reasons for funding, the high level reasons, um, I've been able to be able to translate that information into helping not-for-profits and businesses to get money out of the government. Yeah. It's a bit, I know we've talked before, it's a bit of a minefield, um, isn't it, with getting money out, you know, and I know there's so many grants available out there. Yes, it, it is. And um, look, sometimes if you're only asking for five or $10,000, that can be more competitive than asking for $100,000 or <laughs> yeah. 250 Um, Because the more you ask for, well, normally the more you ask for, the more is required in, in the evidence base uh, for the rationale for the funding, how you're going to manage the funding, 
you know, your capability to manage the funding, etc. So that puts some some organisations off, and mm. um, yet they could really, really, you know, sort of benefit from that. And understanding who else is out there, I prefer government funding because of the probity rule. Um, and the probity rule means try to be as transparent as possible in the way they make assessments and recommendations for funding. There's no hidden agendas. The hidden agenda is is what's in the question itself. So yeah. what, I, what I can also do in a third element is working with these anybody who's looking for funding to actually unpack what the question is really asking for. And that's part of the secret. Yeah. Um, just playing devil's advocate, Pat. Yes. Let's just say I'm a not-for-profit uh, president, committee member around Australia. Is there a site that I can go to to investigate what grants could be available to my not-for-profit? Yes, there are a few. Um, look... I would say if you're looking for a grant, you're a not-for-profit, you're not sure what you're doing, um, your local council. Okay, yeah, great. Right. Every single council funds not-for-profits with yes. community grants. Okay, well, that's good. Well, that opens, opens up around the country the people that are listening to us today. Um, the second, oh, yeah. oh, sorry, Pat, yeah. you. Yeah, the second level is to go to your state government because every state government funds, puts money through not-for-profits for grants. The third level is there are um, um, uh, sites that you can, you know, you can subscribe to. Um, that's another level. Um, but what we do quite simply is that I mean, we have a subscription service where we do this, we look for the grants for our clients' particular needs. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong, Pat, are there grants available to say someone who maybe A, has a business plan and contemplating starting a business or B, is new to business? If you've got somebody who's... It depends what kind of business you you bring forward. If it's if it's really innovation and it's got new IP, uh, etc., then the government is willing to support that to bring it to market if you can prove it's viable. Um, if you're a sort of setting up a small business, setting up under normal circumstances, I would say the governments tend to fund uh, mentors so they've already gone out to the marketplace found business advisors and then recommend that people actually work through them because at the end of the day it's where's the best value for the money that's invested yeah. and as many businesses don't make it past the first year it makes more sense to have somebody mentoring them through the process yeah I can, yeah you can understand that they they want to get um, good bang for their buck, don't they, if that's the right choice of words? <laughs> yeah, occasionally. Occasionally there's a local council, and it's very occasionally, um, that will actually um, put something out there to fund startup businesses. Maybe some equipment that may be needed, it may be some startup, but then it has to fall within a, a, a council area that's looking to redevelop its small business base, for example. Yeah, yeah, no, um... 
thank you so much for your time this morning. Um, I'm sure some of our listeners are wanting to connect with you. How can they do so, please? Um, there's two ways you can do that. You can go to getthatgrant.com. Uh, that's the grant writing help desk. Or you can um, find me on LinkedIn as Patricia Gross. Thank you, Pat. Um, um, what I do, Pat, you, you may not be aware with this, but each after each interview, I give our listeners a little, um, let me say, a little think tank. So today my piece of trivia question is, what does a petrologist study? Have any idea, Pat? No. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm sure, Pat, you're not, you're not alone out there. So for Pat and our listeners, a petrologist studies rocks, including their composition, formation and classification. Petrology is a branch of geology. So that's just a little bit of little bit of trivia for um for our listeners and yourself. I always like sharing that. So look, thank you very much to our listeners this morning uh, for being with us. We are from Be Connected World Networking, and this is part of our family and part of sharing what our members do. So until next time, please continue to uh, be happy, be safe. Thanks again. Bye for now.